afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Back to the Window with Scott and Scott. I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm Rico Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. And together we uh, do this every single weekday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. Scott and I do our very best to help you guys in that perilous journey as we all attempt to head back to the window and cash those winning tickets. Scott, speaking of winning tickets, how'd your weekend go? Overall, went pretty well. Ended up having a brutal beat to end my play of the day streak. I believe I won either five in a row or six in a row or something. But then I had one player on the Flames to have over two and a half shots on goal. He had two with three shots that missed the net and three shots that were blocked. The Flames had 67 shots on goal. 67. And my guy had two. Couldn't get three. Couldn't Couldn't get get three. three. Couldn't do it. But besides that, overall, pretty solid. I'm assuming you know my story that I posted on Twitter about me having to cross the Verrazano Bridge to play some free bets. Yes, we we uh, we talked about that on the on the Chris's show, where we discovered what your price is to leave your home and cross a bridge. It is at least six hundred and fifty dollars. But do you know what I took with the six hundred and fifty dollars? I don't know. I took Mavericks money line in Game Seven. Oh, that's a good play. That's a good play. I, I had the Suns to win the West, What's so that? I had I ended up hedging out of it. And because of that, I ended up making about thirteen hundred bucks. Yes, yeah, yeah. that'll teach them to give you free money to play with. But yeah. the funny part is that the Suns to win the West was a free bet too. So I hedged a free bet with a free bet, and I turned it into actual. How money. do those books make money, Scott? My God, not the way I use them. Indeed, indeed. Hey, you gotta go give some shout-outs here to people in the comment section already. Michael Dose checking in. Michael, what's up? J.C. Stone, what up, Scott Brothers? Nothing, man. It's Monday night. It's Monday morning, Monday afternoon, whatever it is where you are. It's a beautiful day. It's a, it's a good thing. T-Train, T-Train checking in, taking a little break from getting the shack ready. What's up, buddy? Uh, setting up the, uh, watching the show while setting up the friolators. Get those lobster rolls ready. Oh, yeah. Arr, 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 arr. Uh, speaking of, uh, speaking of uh, not going the way that, uh, they wanted to when you go. I went to two concerts last week, Scott. You know how much I spent with me and my wife total on, on beverages while we were there? On beverages. Yep. Okay. Yep. Including tip. Including tip. Okay. Yep. I'm yep. going to go with 75 bucks. $12. $12. We, we went to the concert on Wednesday night. We got a couple of bottles of water. And my daughter took us to boat. We were going to drink. My, my daughter took us and dropped us off um, because that's, you know, payback for all the. the trips that we've taken with them and neither one of us were in the mood to drink either night we drank two bottles of water each night <laughs> well you just set me up then i figured you were gonna go on a bender no like, no we actually didn't drink anything no we uh, drank nothing no you we set me up for failure i know point. i i know dude I, I i apologize but it was uh we were absolutely ready to drink and we just decided yeah we don't want to do that so anyway nice to be here uh t trains is breaking his ass ah uh, his wife is killing the old man yeah yeah I, man, I can't even imagine how long your list of honeydews is when you got a business to fucking open up. That's mm. that's that's impenetrable. I'm glad I'm glad Tony spent a little time with us today. So, uh, Michael Dose was talking about Christopher Bell did did well. He ran uh, fourth, right? I believe so. Top ten. I know that he he was a leading for I don't know like three laps. I think yeah or something. Uh, Brandon Kubas, he's been watching every recorded video, but good to be back live. Uh, what's up? No, nothing, man. That's a that's a that's a you're doing the Lord's work there, buddy, checking out all of our old videos. So we haven't moved anywhere. So, you know, now we're here and yeah, we had a pretty good, uh, I had a pretty good, uh, NASCAR day. Got it. 
gotta admit I had my uh I hit yeah, my, you had uh you had the other bush. I had the other bush. I had Kurt Bush at forty yeah. to one. So that was a nice hit. It's the one I've been waiting for to put me in positive money for the season. And uh the points lead, and I'm just coming for you because you had you've had two winners so far. You've had a mid and a long, so I got now I gotta come for you on that mid and get you on the money. But all is right with the world. My path is my path is uh, is clear now. So yeah. Um, it's good to be here, of course. Don't forget, while you guys are here, smash that like button. Hit that thumb. We appreciate uh, the feedback, as always. And uh, check out all the great offerings that we have here on our YouTube channels. Of course, the you already know about the Winners and Winers YouTube channel. If you're not subscribed there, please get subscribed. And if you're not subscribed to the Winners and Winers or to the uh, Max Wagers Network YouTube channel, please do that and take a moment to uh, just, just uh, click on that and uh, hit the subscribe button. We appreciate the effort. A lot of great shows on the Max Wagers Network. It's noon. It's Sean Higgs doing Midday Money. One o'clock is Allie Burns with Morning Wood. Me and Chris at two. Me and Scott at three. Sean Miller talking about soccer from around the globe or uh, across the earth if you're a flat earther. We don't discriminate here. Uh, he does that at four o'clock and then five o'clock. Of course, Detroit Lenny. Nick and Tim are all bringing it all home with game time decision. Scott, I know we're still doing our thing over there at Caesars. It's probably going to go away at some point, but for now... We're still rocking it, and what is that, and why should people take advantage of it? Well, if you enjoy getting an insurance policy on your first bet with a brand-new book, if you have not signed up with Caesars yet, you should, because if you place a first-time wager up to $1,100, you get it back in the form of a free bet if it loses. So that way, if something you think is a sure bet ends up losing, you get another shot to get your money back. It's a beautiful thing. Or to even make money. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing, and if, for those of you that poo-poo the free bets and the bonus plays... Uh, look no further than the gentleman here on my right as you face your radio dial who uh, cashed a uh, very nice free bet ticket this weekend on the Dallas Mavericks. So. Yeah. Of uh, course, I would have still made more if the Suns won the West, but I would have ended up hedging that anyway. So I'll take the actual money instead of the free bet. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you're not exactly the guy that has your finger on the pulse of New York City, but I'll ask the question anyway. Is the city a buzz with the Rangers' victory, asked Michael Dost? Well, I don't live in the city, so that's also one thing to keep in mind. But people are excited. Anytime you come back from 3-1 down, there is a little bit of buzz going on. At the same point, it was also an overtime Game 7, which was, of course, the peak of, I'd say, sports pressure. Can we put it that way? Uh I don't know how it gets more intense than that. Yep. So, nice win by the Rangers. They got it done. Pittsburgh blew a 3-1 lead, but I don't know if you can really – feel like they choked it when their best player basically missed a game and a half. Right. But he came back for game seven. I thought using Jari for game seven was really weird. He hadn't played in a month. You throw him in for a game seven. He wasn't awful, awful. I didn't think he was good, but good one for the Rangers. City's excited. I still think they're going to lose to Carolina, but they're playing with house money right now. Yep. And I know your roommate probably was super excited, huh? Uh, to be honest, he actually ejected from the bet before the game, and I didn't even know about it. Pulled the ripcord, huh? I uh, congratulated him on making a thousand dollars, and he told me I hedged. I made forty. I said forty dollars, not that bad, you know. That's a lot of scratch offs. But no, he apparently hit the eject button. Okay, here's the best comment of the day so far. Uh, T Train's wife <laughs> had something to say. She said, "This is Kim. He's full of shit." I'm getting the work out of him before he plays the senior abuse card. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, there's always two sides to every story. 
Uh, that's excellent. Kim, thanks for checking in and letting us letting us know what was really going on. Setting us straight. That fucking T train. Jesus Christ. <laughs> By the way, we'll let him we'll let him plug it here later. Uh, if you're in the Connecticut area, get up there and see teacher. And you, you, please do that for me this year, Scott. Yeah. Please go up I and will. please go up and lead a, lead a lobster roll for me or Once something. Once T train lets me know when it's open, I'll okay. stop by. Um, I think he said Memorial Day. I think he said okay. it's, it's cool. coming. So, yeah, very good. Lex Steele checking in the house. Great Scott jumping. I I can't do. Uh, I I can't do. Uh, um, the Doc. Doc Brown. Jim. Uh, what the hell is his name? Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Why couldn't I think of that, man? I had Jim. Marty. I know. I can't do it. Uh, but okay. thanks, Lex. We appreciate it. Hey, man, there was a lot that went on over the weekend. Let's find out what it is, shall we? Let's check it out. Find out uh, the who are the winners, who are the whiners, the good news, the bad news. You know who you are, who had a nice, easy time of it, and who thought they had a winner, only to have a defeat snatched away from the jaws of victory at the very last moment. Oh, uh, it's Monday, kids. We got to talk about it. It's Call the Cops. All right, very good. Oh, man. So many, so many. How about Stars Flames? First period, over one and a half. They scored a goal with 40 seconds gone. So all you need is one more goal in the next 19 minutes and 20 seconds, and you got no more goals. It was one nothing after one. Ooh, call the cops. And looking at probably the funniest call the cops of, I don't know, the month, the year. If you had the San Francisco Giants team total under three and a half against the Cardinals, a little Sunday night baseball action on ESPN. They had two runs entering the ninth inning. They were down 15 to two. So you figure they'll bring in some random guy they just called up at a triple A, some innings eater just to show up. Uh -huh. Can I interest you in Albert Pujols being called <laughs> in to pitch in I've a, heard, in I've a heard. Yeah, 13 run game? I've heard of him. He's pretty yeah. good. Not known. He's as never a, pitched before, though. Not known as the, a pitcher. Uh, well, I guess he crossed it off his bucket. We all have different bucket lists, Scott. Uh, I guess so. But either way, the Cardinals brought Pujols in, and the Giants scored four runs against him. They lost the game, but they finished with six runs. If you had under three and a half and you had Albert Pujols pitching on your bingo card, Ugh. you could probably call bingo because that's a ridiculous beat. Oh, I'll call the cops there. <laughs> Jesus. Do you think that's frowned upon? What's that? I know that people do it when they're losing. You bring in the position player. Are you okay with bringing in a position player when you're winning? Is or do you think a, that's a little disrespectful? Is this another unwritten rule? No, I'm just asking. Uh, I don't give a shit. I don't care either. I'm just curious. What's, what's, because I don't care about any of the unwritten rules either. But I'm just asking in general because I'm used to that happening when you're losing 15-2. to two. We only have one in, one unwritten rule on this show, and that is if you don't, don't suck. If you don't want to look like a moron, don't suck. That's our mm -hmm. that's our only rule on back to the window. Finishing it up, staying in the world of baseball. If you had the Phillies on the money line going against the Dodgers, uh, they led by one run, two outs in the ninth. Can somebody get me a goddamn closer? Nope. How about Lux? Two run walk off double. Phillies lose 5-4. The only game they lost in that series, I believe, by the way. Yeah, a couple games earlier were close. I know you had an extra innings game or two there. But Phillies went for the sweep, and the bullpen blew up. So that happens. Outstanding. Outstanding indeed. Well, there was some good news out there. and uh, Man, you, uh, you probably know who you were here. 
and you're going to wonder where one of them is. And of course, it's deserves saving it. It's it deserves yeah. its own segment. Let's find out who had a nice, easy time of it. Who was kicked back on their Sunday? Uh, it was. I'm sure this is what T Train was doing, just sitting there. Uh, he was just relaxing in the rocking chair. Allegedly working. Allegedly working, mm-hmm. as he is, sat and dreamed about working in the rocking chair. So the first one, if you had the Celtics and Bucks under 206, or even if you just had the Celtics minus the five, you had three quarters that had less than 48 points, and the game landed 190. The Celtics won that game by north of 20. So really either one, never in doubt. Nope, nope, really wasn't. And uh, if you had the Mariners-Mets over seven and a half, nine runs, first four innings. Your wife comes in and says, why are you still watching the game? I thought you had the over. You're like, uh, yeah, I'm still watching the game. but They yep. play outdoors. You got to sweat out the rain delay. Yeah, get your shit yeah. together. It's time to go put the fry later in. So, uh, yeah, nine runs, first four innings. That game landed 15. Never in doubt there if you had the over. And the last one, if you had the Nationals, team total under three and a half against Verlander. Yeah, Verlander was pitching. So the Nationals never really had a shot. They had four hits in the entire game. I believe they only had five plate appearances with runners in scoring position in the entire game. Mm. And they finished with zero runs. There you go, right there. All right, well, Scott, we have to talk about it. Uh, there's two kind of uh, stories that could have gone here, but we're going to go with this one. It was a uh, something that doesn't happen very often. In fact, I don't believe it's happened since uh, what, 2006. Nom, I don't know. Since it's Nom. been a while. It's been a while. Let's find out who it is. I can't. I can't even imagine who it would be, Scott. Who uh, who had qualified for the weekend version of Donkey of the Day? So, uh, we talked about this on Chris's show, and if you didn't see that, we'll uh, we'll clue you in. A very rare feat happened over the weekend. The Reds, the Reds, finally got a little pitching uh, through a no hitter. Scott, it's time to celebrate. Swamp the pitcher on the mound. Everybody puts them on their shoulders. They take a victory. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Oh, they lost that game. That's right. They threw a no-hitter against the Pirates. Still managed to lose one to nothing. That is the sixth time that has happened in Major League Baseball. My God, when you're snake bit, you're snake bit, huh? Well, it seemed a little bit weird because the Reds were an over team for about a week and a half. Uh-huh. And the game series against the Brewers, they were scoring a bunch of runs. And then again, in the series finale against the Pirates, they just decided, you know what? Scoring runs is overrated. We're just going to lose the game. Now, I'm not exactly sure if this officially counts as like a Hall of Fame worthy baseball or not, because they only pitched eight innings. Right. Yeah. So does that that doesn't count in the record books, does it? As a no hitter? It's like a facetious record, but I don't think it actually counts, does it? I I, I thought you have to go full 27. I don't know. I honestly don't know because it doesn't come up very often. Uh, that's a great question. If it counts as a no hitter, if you've, if you've retired everyone you could have faced and not given up a hit, is it still a no hitter? Cause we had the situation where they were playing the seven inning double header games yeah. with, with Madison Bumgarner a couple of years back where he threw the seven inning, no hitter, but it ended up not, not offi- it didn't count for anything, not officially counting. Right. So I don't know, but it was a regulation game. So 
I don't know. We're gonna we'll have to we'll have to find out. Um, and you said you said it's happened six times before. A couple yes. of those did count because I'm sure some of them were the home team. Sure. So they had to face the batters in the ninth. But since you only had to record 24 outs instead of 27, I'm assuming it's the facetious sixth time it's ever happened. But it doesn't actually count towards anything in terms of the record book. See, my guess is it, it counts. That, that'd be okay. my that'd be my hunch, and we'll we'll, we'll try to find that out. And because uh, I'm sure it's, it's, not like it, it's not like it really matters. They lost the game anyway. I'm sure it's but... on on Twitter somewhere. So yeah, three walks. Uh, starter walked first two guys. Brought in a reliever. Uh, walked the next guy. Fielder's choice. Ball game. Yeah, there it was. Okay. Well, I think we all know where this is headed, but we've uh, still. We still have well, it's an elephant in the room, and it's time for us to talk about it, right? Yeah, exactly right. So let's find out who it is. If you don't know, maybe you'll be surprised, but for the rest of you, you're like, yeah, okay, I can definitely see that. Let's find out who it was, Scott. You're not mad. Holy shit. Does it get more disappointing? Um. So you mentioned you had a uh, futures ticket on the Phoenix Suns, and you decided to... Uh, to hedge that a little bit, that ended up being a good move. Why, Scott? Well, because the Phoenix Suns, we know that the home team was dominant in the first six games of the series, and people thought that the Suns would once again roll in Game 7. In their defense, the game was a blowout, but the Suns got absolutely killed. And if you want to look at the actual score, the Mavericks won the game 123-90, to the Suns were six-and-a-half-point favorites, and the Suns scored 27 points in the entire first half, the same amount of points as Luka Doncic in the entire first half. I don't know where to start. There's a lot of layers to unpack here. Well, let me, unpa- let me unpack one that pissed me off. They scored 27 points in the first half. The game still went over the fucking total. Yes, it did. How about that? Because I played all three games. I played or I played all four games yesterday, the two NBA games, the two hockey games. I played them all under the total. I like the unders as well. The Rangers one I would have stayed away once Crosby was ruled active. But, of course, you did that earlier. Right. So I get, that makes sense. Correct. So, yeah, that was not ideal. As It was stunning. What, they put up 72 in the fourth quarter? Some ridiculous shit. Uh, truth is, I actually watched none of that game because – the Suns game was going on in the middle of the Rangers overtime, or right. at least the Rangers third period onward. And I'm not going to change off a one goal game in a game seven in hockey. Like that's just not happening. They no. put up 71 in 70, the 71, quarter. 71 in the fourth quarter. Congratulations. Yeah. you fucking. Dicks. But either way, all I know is that I know the Suns game was on. I knew nothing about the game because I was watching the Rangers thing. Rangers won. I checked Twitter. And I saw a bunch of messages saying, what the hell is going on with Phoenix? So I figured they're probably down 15. I checked back. They're down 40. Yeah. And I really had no idea what was going on. Nothing could have prepared me for that. They lose by 33 in a game that you could legitimately say wasn't that close. Uh, it was not. So just... Now, James saying that he told me that Phoenix was not the team, I agree because I straight up hedged the Mavericks. So I was aware Phoenix was definitely bleeding or just leaking oil at that point. And it seemed like once game four started, the uh, the gas was on E. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. But um, there's a lot to unpack there. Do you have any specific thoughts about the Suns' massive collapse? People are talking about how it's the worst loss or one of the worst losses in NBA history. 
I think it's got to be up there. Well, I sent, it's an all-time no-show. I sent that to you guys in the text chain, and I, I was a little more specific. I thought it would might be one of the worst Game 7 performances in NBA history. And Game I 7, to... it has to be. You're at home, you lose by 33. Yeah, and that's, exactly. that's an all-timer. Exactly. You know, you're losing you're, you're losing to the line by 39.5 points. I don't, I don't know when you're going to see that. And you don't even have an injury alibi. No. Like your team was healthy. No. Uh, Ty says you had to bet on the best player in the series, and that's, and that's uh, Luka. And well, that turned out to be a good strategy because they were able to hold uh, serve at home, and uh, Lucas stepped up big time in the uh, in the seventh game. That was absolutely true. Uh, yeah, it told that the Phoenix. Yeah. Um, well, huh. I do want to ask you: Who do you think is the most responsible for the Suns' implosion? Because the popular answer is Chris Paul. Yeah. Because this is the fifth time in his career. He has blown a 2-0 lead in a series. No other player ever has more than three. He has five. So if we're going with the Doc Rivers... He's the Doc Rivers of players. Yeah, exactly. But the point is, there's a lot of people to blame here. Chris Paul had the quad injury that leaked after. Truth is, you knew that an injury was going to leak. You're assuming he was injured anyway, because he did absolutely nothing for the final three games of the series. Right. Truth is, he really did nothing besides game one. You could just assume that he was injured. For the final final five, he went like 12, 5, 7, 9. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Booker was talking crap to Doncic in the middle of game five. And then after that, he was awful. And he got Luka going. Well, see, stupid. Ty brings that up, that that CP3 and Booker had three points at halftime. Yeah. Yeah, what the fuck, you know? It was an an all-time no-show by them, too. Aiton also looked terrible. He only played 17 minutes. Monty Williams basically said directly in the press conference, we benched him, and now he's in line for a massive contract. I don't think Phoenix is going to pay it. I'll tell you that much. I don't know who would pay it. Somebody would, but I wouldn't. But it really goes down to the best three players for Phoenix all just did not show up when it mattered. And you can argue that coaching did not get the players motivated or not get them ready for the game. I don't buy that. I'm not blaming Monty Williams for Chris Paul injured or not playing terribly and for Booker forgetting how to shoot. I can't blame that on the coach. At some point, your players have to make plays. And you could tell in the middle of game four, for me, it was a Sunday game. Chris Paul fouled out with nine minutes to go. I looked at the series. I had the Suns minus one and a half, which I gave out a couple weeks ago. They still won game five at home. But I could tell that this Phoenix team was really struggling to score. And the half-court offense, which I thought was amazing going into the series, was awful throughout the entire series on the road and in Game 7 especially. I think my main takeaway for the actual series was that the Suns did a lot of trash talking, and they really couldn't back it up. And Doncic is one of the last guys in the league you want to trash talk. Yep, agreed. Uh, Bronco Devil says, my name is Luca. He lives on the top floor. Mm-hmm. Nice little Well, Luca is uh, projected to be, what, a top? 10 player in the history of the sport if he continues this trajectory oh sure if he continues if he keeps this trajectory he'll finish top five stays healthy absolutely Um, but i i do want to ask you one thing about this a segue because a lot of people whether it's on twitter whether it was pat beverly on uh first take and get out today he did a bunch of espn shows whatever everyone's roasting chris paul and it makes sense because he was awful in the series however there's a lot of people claiming that Chris Paul now is overrated and how he's a fraud and how there's a bunch of random stuff going on. How many legacy games does a guy need to have before you just realize he's still a very good player? Like, I understand Chris Paul was awful in the final couple games of the series, 
But he also led the team to the finals last year, and he's had a bunch of great moments with teams before. Isn't it a little bit harsh to dismiss his entire career based on a series of games in a week? It's the way of the world, man. I know it is. I just think it's ridiculous. And Pat Bev's talking about how Chris Paul is a fraud and how he's not scared of Chris Paul. Didn't Chris Paul drop 41 on your head in Game 6 of the Western Conference Finals last year? Yes, he did. And then Beverly shoved him in the back and got ejected for taking a cheap shot. That's correct. Like, I understand that you can roast a guy while he's down. The Timberwolves team, you had Pat Bev and Anthony Edwards taking shots at the Suns. What did you do? You Uh, blew a bunch of 20-point leads in the first round. Why are you talking? Let me ask you this, and I'm going to segue into Bill McDonald's point. He says Booker and Paul talk more trash than Yeah, that's what I was saying. They uh, talked a lot of crap. So you know? do you think that's kind of like uh, like one of the Newton's law there, that the the equal and opposite reaction, like it'll just come back stronger at you? You talk that you talk that shit, and when you're on top, but when you're down, man, people remember that, and they just kind of go extra hard at you. Yeah, well, that's the thing that the Michael Jordan quote had, that Ja tweeted out after they lost game one to Minnesota. Anybody, it, anybody can talk trash after, after, when they're up. It, it takes a true man to trash talk when they're down. And the Suns were front runners. The truth is, most teams in the league nowadays are front runners. You can argue that Golden State's also a front runner because when they're winning, they do a bunch of dancing, they do a bunch of three point celebrations, and when they're losing, they don't do anything. A lot of teams in the league are front runners. The Suns definitely went above and beyond because, unlike Golden State, the Suns don't have any championships. So it's definitely a lot weaker. When you're talking that much trash, when you have not really won any hardware to back it up, the Warriors have, but in the league, wouldn't you agree that there's just a lot of front run runnering going sure. on? Because it seems like teams will always trash talk when they really shouldn't until the series is actually over. Yes, absolutely true. Uh, Andrew gr- brings up a great point that probably gets overlooked a lot. CP3 won the gold medal for Team USA in the 2012 Olympics. Uh, he said LeBron and Kobe were also on the floor. So, yeah, people do forget. Chris Paul is still, in my opinion, the top five point guard of all time. But the idea that you can just throw all of his accolades and all of his achievements in the garbage because of the fact that, A, people don't really like him because he's a little bit dirty with a mix of rules manipulation. So people don't exactly like the way that he plays basketball. And, B, he was terrible recently. But I'm not going to throw him completely under the bus and throw his entire career in the garbage because of two games. Okay. Like, that's just crazy. Uh, but, yes, he did suck. I'll, I'll admit that. Bronco Devil says he's just going to comment from now on in song titles, and then he follows it up with, The sun ain't going to shine anymore. Do you know that song? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember who that's by, but I have heard that before. Do you know, uh, There Goes the Suns. do 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 Yeah, is that also the Beatles? <laughs> that is the Beatles. Yes, it okay. is. Uh, the sun ain't going to shine anymore. It's not the Beatles. I want to say it's like a one hit wonder. Maybe Bronco devil can help us out here. Uh, do you have any thoughts on the whole, whatever dynamic is it? I find it weird with front runnering and really just how toxic NBA or even sports Twitter is. Why are players that are eliminated from the playoffs talking crap about teams that just lost? Like, what have you done? Yeah. I, it, yeah, I think there's kind of a it's kind of a special lane when you've just got your ass handed to you and now you're talking shit. If you're the Timberwolves and you blew three separate like double digit leads in the fourth quarter, then why are you criticizing the Suns? Uh, Win a playoff round. Agreed. Agreed. Uh Rick Zeff says uh Marlins and Blue Jays says back that tractor up. 
loaded up with the bucks, man. Uh, also, with the Chris Paul thing, just last point. Remember when he went like 14 of 14 in a closeout game against the Pelicans about a week and a half ago? Yes. Most you, people don't. You were you were dancing on the top three-point guard train of all time. Yes, I still I, think he's top five. I remember that. That's not going to go away. But that's what I'm saying. It's so flimsy because two weeks ago, he had arguably the greatest performance of all time by a point guard in the playoffs. And now he sucks. And he's a fraud. It's really just crazy how quickly people can flip on social media and whatever. Yeah, stay off of Twitter, man. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, stay off of Twitter. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I have to. I have to keep the people informed. You see it all the time. I do like. I do like the Marlins. They're a big favorite with uh, Alcantara on the mound going up against Sanchez. Sanchez has been trash. So. Uh, uh, yes, he's been awful. And the Nationals are also bad. So Sanchez fits right in. Yes, absolutely true. You like uh, the Cooch tonight against Flexen? Seattle had a nice series win over the Mets. They're still not very good, but neither is Toronto. Toronto's what, 18 and 17? Toronto is they, 18 and 17, that's correct. We thought they would win the division yep. going in. Yep. I thought they had an even bigger advantage because of the COVID rules in Canada. Mm-hmm. I figured that some players might not be able to make the trip over. Right. But, yeah, Toronto just hasn't been very good. And the offense has been a bit underwhelming. The pitching's been meh. Yeah. But... For the uh, most part, I would lean to Kikuchi. Bit of a revenge angle there because, you know, he used to play for them and now he doesn't. Right. But right. Uh, what do you think? Because I feel like I like Toronto, but I really don't want to lay 160. Yeah, that's my problem is I think I think the price is I think the price is too high. Uh, I think the- for value, I'd lean Seattle. But Seattle, even though they just won a series in City Field, they're seven and 12 on the road. Right, like they're they're really bad on the highway. They also don't play well against left-handers. They're just three and three and seven against lefties on the season. Now, as you guys probably know, because we're uh, we always have a special place in our heart for the Cooch, uh, he struggled, but he's been uh, good in his last two starts, giving up three earned runs and eleven and a third. So there could be signs on the horizon. He's turning it around, and I know that's probably. Um, what Rick is counting on is uh, is the cooch to turn it around because Flexen, uh, after being uh, average, had two great starts and then was absolutely drilled last time up, giving yeah. up six earned in five innings, including two home runs. So I get it with the recent trends. I just think this is too close of a game to lay that kind of a number. So uh, that's my that's my opinion on that. I think you're probably right, Rick. I just think the price is too high. Uh, uh, yeah, that's how that's how I'm looking at it. Springer is healthy, so yep. Bronco Springer's in the lineup. That has been confirmed. Rick says Blue Jays minus two and a half. God damn, you just giving Flex and no love at all. I, I I'm fine if you want to fade a pitcher and you have a good reason for it. I think Toronto could easily win this game, but we've seen baseball's a game of streaks, and Seattle's been underperforming up to this point, sixteen and nineteen. But they won a series. Maybe that carries over. Toronto has really just been awful. And you know, but just to go. Th- through the games here uh sorry you can make your point while oh i was just going to say it's, it's kind of hard to cap this game because you don't know who's not playing for seattle like, uh i do the the line the lineups have been confirmed oh the lineup the lineups are out as of now yes it has officially been confirmed so who, you know about yeah who's well who's who's not going to be able to play with covid with the uh well I'll go down the lineup you have toro leading off france crawford rodriguez winker Suarez, Torrens, Steven Souza, and Dylan Moore. Okay. What does that tell me? Do you know that do you know their lineup by heart? 
is Hanniger's hurt, I think. So he's not in the lineup. I was going to see who played yesterday. But anyway, that's the lineup. So it's on Roto-Wire if you want to actually see the daily lineup. So that's been confirmed. Okay. All right. Um, James saying that that's the most I've ever defended somebody. Could be with Chris Paul. I'm a fan of Chris Paul. But I try to be be realistic about it. I defend people when they're worth defending. And I defend Monty Williams. I'm not blaming him for the players not showing up. I just – people can pick their spots – it's a lot easier to hate on somebody than to defend somebody when they're in the middle of their lowest point. But I try to be fair about it. Just usually when we talk about, I'm not mad or I'm just disappointed. It's not a good thing that happened. You know, the segments we have are more catered towards some of the negative stuff besides gambling hero. Right. Right. That's, that's definitely true. And we even put it out there. We even talked about at one point, instead of, uh, in, instead of doing call the cops, where we did like miracle wins. What's this we stuff? And no, you were the one who said that nobody wanted it. When nobody wanted it, no, I, I yeah. totally agree. Nobody wanted people this. like the negative. Yeah, people like the negative. So we give the people. I, d- what I defend they want. a lot more people on podcasts, but in this format, we have to focus on what just happened, and usually that revolves around some negative stuff. Fair enough. All right. Uh, Somebody asking about the Houston game tonight. Uh, Houston and Boston. We're gonna save our opinions on that for later. There you go. There you go. Uh, have you guys talked about the Bucks versus Celtics already? No, a little bit. We talked about it on uh, the on one of on our segment, but I, I don't really have any takeaways for it because the org, the only question that you could have in the series is based on a hypothetical: if Middleton's healthy, do the Bucks win the series? It's the yeah. only thing you can talk about because you can make the argument that the Celtics were the better team, which is obviously the case. I had the Celtics winning the series. I said that when the series started, and my main reason: no Middleton. You can't pay a guy $40 million or $35 million and he's not going to play and expect to win the series against an elite team. I think the Celtics are the better team with the current lineups. But if Middleton was playing, Bucks and six. Okay. So do I have any takeaways? No. The Celtics are a great defensive team, which I said because I watched my team get their ass kicked by them in the first round. But the Bucks were shorthanded. The Celtics beat up on a shorthanded team through seven games. Do you have any takeaways? Because that's really all I have. No, I was. Uh, I, I my takeaway is kind of an offshoot of yours is that I think Middleton was way more important to that team than the average fan gave him credit for. Uh, oh, Middleton's stock right now is at like an all time high. Mm-hmm. But Andrew's talking about Grant Williams, how he was great. Yep. Definitely true. He had a bunch of points. I believe he had 27, hit a bunch of threes. But at the end of the day, the Celtics hit 22 three-pointers, and the Bucks went four for 33. Yep. It's nice. impossible to win a game when you get outscored by 18 at the three-point line. Can't do it. 18 let's, threes, by the way. So, so that's, 50, that's 54 points. Let's talk. Ooh, you were doing the math. Math. Quick maths. I'm just saying. Uh, the series price, Celtics minus 177, Heat plus 157. Where's the value there? I would wait until after game one and bet the Celtics because based on the scheduling spot – same thing with the Golden State series. Yep. It's a huge scheduling advantage for both the Warriors and the Heat because you're at home. You've been off since basically Friday. He'd have been off, I believe, even sooner than Friday. Right. And the other teams had to play on the road. Well, Celtics played at home, but you had to play in game seven. And now you basically have a one to two day turnaround. It's a rough spot. I think the Heat and the Warriors should win game one. I think the Celtics are going to win the series. So my play would be to wait till game one 
It's a gamble, but I do think the Heat should win game one and then come back with the Celtics. Um, I you, like, I've been ride or die with the heat the whole way. I've told, okay. I've, I've told everybody all along. They're the best team in the East. I'm getting, them do you back. like them in seven in six? Do you want a minus one and a half? What are you looking for? Um, I, I don't generally play series that way. I would play them. I would, if I would, if I had to gun to my head, I'd have to play them in seven. Yeah. I think okay. it's going to, I think it's going to be a bloodbath as you got two great defensive teams going at it. I like uh, the under in every game. It's going to be the same exact thing as the buck series under or pass. Uh, Jim said you showing mad math skills like Rain Man. Thank you. How many toothpicks? Can you do that? No. Can you, you can't do that? That's impossible. Uh, thanks, Andrew. I appreciate it, man. Uh, Ninja says Celtics money line game one. I really hate the spot. I think I like Boston as a team. I think they're the better team. No offense to Miami, but it's a really bad spot to play a game seven while the other team's been taking notes for about four days. And you travel to Miami, your first game with really no time off in between. It's a pretty bad scheduling spot. Welcome to Miami. You? Oh, I can't argue with that. It's a horrible schedule. (laughs) Again, you know, I can argue with you on a lot of things. Like, oh no, I think it's I think it's to their advantage to be tired when the other team is much more well rested, especially since they have to go on the road. I think it's a great spot. Plus, we're going to once again preparation. The Heat have been watching every game of the series, trying to game plan. Sure. And the Celtics. We're so busy prepping for Milwaukee, they have like one day to prepare for Miami. Absolutely. It's really just a bad spot. Absolutely true. Of course, you know, they've got a, you know, they played in regular season and whatnot. Of course, but, you know, yeah, playoff basketball is different. Absolutely. Uh, Mavericks Warriors. Catching plus 180 on the Mavs, buddy. I like the Mavericks as an overall just Luka dominant team. Yeah. I do. Th- I I feel like every series I'm picking, I hate the Mavericks. I liked them in the first series against da- against Utah, even though Doncic was going to miss a couple games because I hated Utah. I had the Suns minus one and a half because the Suns were the best team in the league in the regular season, and I just figured that Aiton would do enough to make Dallas pay. That did not happen over the course of seven games. I'm going with Golden State, and it's nothing against Dallas. I know Luke is the best player on the floor, but I'm trying to imagine how Luca's going to really conserve energy when he's constantly chasing around these three-point guys on the perimeter, and instead of having Gobert or Aiton guard him on the perimeter, you have you have Draymond Green. The thing that Golden State can do that the Suns and the Jazz could not was successfully go small to match Dallas's lineup, and I think we would agree that Golden State's small lineup is better than Dallas's. So I'm picking Golden State to win the series. Okay. You? Um, I, like, I don't, I no, don't mind not. the price. I like but... both. I like, I got both dogs here. I think one, one of those dogs comes out and I make a profit. And I wouldn't be stunned to see them both come out. It's another bad spot for Dallas in game one. So I think you can make an argument if you do like the dogs in the series, you might want to wait till after game one for Dallas and suddenly your plus 180 turns to plus 250. Yeah, I get that. Uh, and that's certainly but, that's certainly a gamble you could take. But if you're asking me what I think is going to happen in the Golden State-Dallas series, I think Golden State is simply put going to wear down Luka stamina-wise by forcing him to chase people around the three-point line for the entire series. Fair enough. Uh, Rick Zeff said, I wonder if they ever deflated basketballs. <laughs> I think the Suns were playing with those last night. But they were the home team, so they, they accidentally switched it for the wrong side, you know? So let's talk about this game, and this is one that uh, I, I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of on this. 
Uh, Miles Mikolos going against Williams with the Mets and Cards. Mets are minus 115. Does that seem... I thought uh, the game got postponed. Uh, has that been officially postponed? I didn't see it. I thought it did. Yeah. Uh, I believe I've been a little busy. I don't know if it's officially postponed, but it looks like there's going to be some really bad weather. Is, so Is it raining? It's officially canceled. Damn it. Is it raining up there in New York? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Raining. All right. Well, very good. Well, never mind then. Because I thought it was a bit of a banana in the tailpipe. but uh, uh, It was, but, you know. There you go. Okay. Well, forget about that. Quit asking about games that aren't going to be played, Bronco Devil. Jesus. Knock it off. Oh, man. Uh, oh, Cueto's making his season debut for the White Sox. Yeah, Chris and I talked about that on the on the last show. They, they announced it about, I guess, somewhere around 12.30 Eastern time, 1.30 Eastern, that Cueto was going get to get the start. He's quite familiar in the arena. He'll get a nice hand at Royal Stadium. Stadium. We looked at we were looking at his stats. He was three and seven for the Royals when he came over in a trade. Good but in the playoffs. Great in the playoffs. Well, he had he had he was he had two, a couple of average games and a couple of great games in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and those are the ones he'll be remembered. He didn't for. kill you, and that's all that matters. Nope, nope, didn't kill us at all. Do 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 do. Um, King Misa's bet bets Brewers, Blue Jays, and the Cardinals. Well, as we just talked about, you can scratch the Cardinals. Yeah, Blue Jays and Brewers. Do, do, do. We already talked about the Blue Jays. Yeah, Brewers. I'm um, kind of torn because 145 is a little bit hefty, but Atlanta is not very good on the road, and Acuna still banged up, so Atlanta should be a bit shorthanded. I guess I'm okay with it. We've talked about Jethro and how he's been pretty good, but the walks are concerning. So he does let up some base runners from time to time. You have any thoughts here? Because with Acuna potentially being out of the lineup, I can understand why Milwaukee's laying this price. Yeah. I don't know if it's my one of my favorite plays on the card, but I can understand it. I'll tell you what, Freddie Peralta makes a career out of disappointing me. Um, I have it's, it's a it's a guy that I just cannot get a beat on. If I fade him, he wins. If I back him, he loses. So. Uh, for what that's worth, I think you're getting a pretty good price on this Atlanta team, but they haven't been able to pitch at all. At all. They've given up 35 runs in their last five games. That's just not ideal. So it's it's hard to get behind them. Uh, yeah, minus 135. The price is a little steep. But, uh, yeah, just I'm just I can't back this Atlanta bullpen right now. I mean, if you're asking me, I would rather lay that on the Angels, for example. Mm-hmm. If I had to pick laying 140, 145, something like that, I'd rather lay it on the Angels just because I don't think Gray's very good. Uh, you're looking at Syndergaard's numbers. He's been great, and the Angels overall have been very good. So I, I, I would rather lay it there. I kind of have, have an unwritten rule against laying a big number, and a, a relatively big number, like 130 or above, against quality pitchers. Yeah. You know, and Ian Anderson has shown his ability to be definitely be a quality pitcher. So. Once again, there are a couple of flaws with him this season, but overall, he's still pretty good. But I, I didn't really like anything on the card today, to be honest. I mean, if you looked at my play today, I did a prop. Uh, I did one of my uh, nerfies, so keep an eye on that. Ooh, what you got for a nerfie, buddy? I have the Diamondbacks Dodgers nerfie at even money. Gone someone in Bumgardner. You could do worse. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. 
All right, my friend. Well, we've talked about everything else. How the uh, we, we, we waited. We had a delayed farm play. We waited all the way till Saturday. We built the suspense. We it was wrote, such a good play, too. We wrote a great trend. And it was how, such a good play. How'd that, work, how'd that work out? Four goals going into the third with the 3-1 game, by the way. So you're looking at maybe two empty net opportunities. Yep. And instead, Carolina does not score in an empty netter. And then Boston scores with like 20 seconds left. 3-2 final. We had the over five and a half. Fucking ridiculous. Such a great spot, though. Yeah, I know. Such a great spot. Four goals with the perfect goal differential for the empty netters, and it just didn't work out. Yep, absolutely not. So let's uh, let's get fired up. Uh, Kenny says John Gray is very inconsistent. There you go. Oh, hey, Kenny, you were just about 30 seconds early. Hey, let's find out uh, what we got cooked up for today, buddy. It's a new day. It's a new week. It's a new pick. It is time once again to uh, do our thing. Let's put on our fancy Monday overalls, adjust those straw caps. Climb aboard your John Deere, get the keys out, put them in the ignition, and fire that bad boy up because, kids, you know what time it is. It is time once again to bet the farm. All right. I got bad news, Scott. I dog-knacked my hat down on the floor. I couldn't get to it. It's all good. (laughs) Picture me like that, only with the hat. So your hat tipped everybody. Good afternoon. All right, very good, ma'am. It's kind of your, it's been kind of your thing, ma'am. <laughs> All right, well, I know a couple of people have talked about this game, and uh, yeah, we definitely wanted to talk about it. We like it quite a bit. It is going to be the Houston Astros on the money line going up against the Baston Red Sox. You can get that at even money plus one hundred as our good friends over there at Caesars. Hey, speaking of Caesars, don't forget to do uh, take advantage of the uh, advantage of the uh, deal that Scott told you about earlier. Eleven hundred dollar free bet. Check it out in the description. Anyway, the Astros have been playing very good baseball. They have won 12 of their last 13. Well, meanwhile, the Red Sox, they have not been playing good baseball as they have lost seven of their last 10. Astros playing very good on the highway. They have won uh, 14 of their first 22, 14 and 8 to you and me, while the Red Sox inexplicably can't hit and can't win at Fenway Park as they've gone just 4 and 9 in their first 13. And they are hitting terribly in that park. Odorizzi has been good, giving up just one earned run over his last three games. We'll see how that goes. We like the Astros at a nice price. That's a uh, that's in the bargain bin today, kids, and we're snapping it up. It is uh, it is bargain bin Monday, and we're catching the Astros at plus one hundred. We'll play that all day or day as far as the farm goes, Scott. Yeah, plus Whitlock, we know, is good overall. He was awful against Atlanta in his last outing. But most importantly, even when he is good, he does not go much distance. And Boston has has the seventh-worst bullpen ERA in the league. So even if Whitlock does throw a gem for four or five innings, have fun with this bullpen. Yep. Because the Astros offensively, they can mash. They keep coming at you. Absolutely. Remember, a lot of right-handed power on that Astros team. Hello, Green Monster. You've been a long-lost friend. So, yeah, we like the Astros to take care of business there, and that's going to do it for the farm. That's going to do it for the show here on this beautiful Monday. We do thank everybody for stopping by to join us. We appreciate it. As always, don't forget to smash the likes and subscribe buttons and blah, blah, blah. You know the drill. You always take good care of us. We appreciate the effort. But until tomorrow, uh, you guys have a great day. Good luck on all your plays. Hope you enjoy baseball. We'll be back with the three sports tomorrow, Scott, so that'll be fun as we get rolling in the semi on the uh, semifinals in hockey 
and the finals in the NBA. But until then, we're wishing nothing but the best. You guys have a great day. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to come back and see us tomorrow, same time, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. Scott and I will do our very best to help you in that never-ending journey to head back to the window. Take care, everybody.